You're listening to The College Loop, your number one podcast for Auburn sports, talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Hey, you know what to do. You're grown. You know what's right. 19, 16, I I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the College Loop 8A Madness. Not an episode, uh, usual episode at the very least. I'm joined by Harrison Tarr, no Daniel Locke today, and special guest Jacob Goins, your third time on the show, uh, just uh, on the channel in general. How you doing? Doing fantastic, guys. Yeah, I must be doing something right. You guys keep asking me to come back on. So either you just enjoy it or the fans like it or maybe a little bit of both. Or it's an act of charity. Yeah, <laughs> that too. As long, <laughs> hey, as long as the check shows up in the mail, I'm fine. Well. <laughs> Goins, thanks for joining us, man. We're really pumped to be talking football this week. We, As soon as we were, sat down for our eight-day week meeting, we were like, we're going to do an episode every day. We're doing seven under seven. So it's going to be a grind. Plus, both of us have two shows on the Auburn Daily, so nine shows under seven days. Uh, should be electric. Dylan has another one today, so ten shows for him Him in the past I eight. I completely understand, man. I completely understand. We're getting after it. We're going to have a ton of fun with it. And when we were putting together our list of, of people we wanted to talk to leading up into A-Day, you were at the top of it. That's why you're lead, playing lead off here. And awesome. uh, well, I appreciate it, guys. Of course, man. We're excited to talk. Let's start. Let's start with the big boys. All right. You, we, we, we're going to talk to everybody. We're going to break down position by position group and everyone's going to talk quarterback whether you want to or not. Sorry about it. And but we'll, we'll get to that a little later in the show. We'll get to the clickbait there at the end so people can people will watch through and, and get our takes. But let's start with the big boys. Dylan is very excited. Goins, what are you most excited for? We'll start with the offensive side of the ball and this offensive line and seeing the improvement year to year. Well, it's interesting because actually earlier on last week uh, on our show on the line on ESPN 106.7, we had a caller and one of our frequent callers, but we were talking about, you know, the position groups and who needed to get better, who was improving and who was impressing so far through spring practice as we get close to A-Day. And one of our callers actually said, you know, isn't it a good thing that we're not talking specifically about the offensive and defensive lines? And it's like, Yeah, I think that is a good point because that means they're not disappointing like we've seen in the past. And to to start with the offensive line, you're hearing really good things uh, about who's going to be on this offensive line, whether it's transfers, whether it's freshmen coming in from the recruiting trail, whoever it may be, you're hearing good things about the offensive line. And more importantly, you're not hearing bad things about the offensive line. And that's something all the fans – No news is wonderful news for the offensive line. And so we have a pretty good idea uh, of who is going to be your starting five there. Maybe have some movement on who's going to play, play where. But uh, you got guys like Connor Lou who have really impressed, who are going to be studs from from now until they leave college. Um, And just you hear good things about the offensive line, but more importantly, not hearing bad things. And I think that was a good point by a caller to our show earlier last week. And um, it's a really, really good point because we all know that's been the detrimental factor for Auburn football. It's been the offensive line, which has not existed in who knows how long. So on the offensive front, yeah, no good, no news is good news in my opinion, boys. 
been a half decade since Auburn's been solid there. And before Dylan sneaks in a specific question, give me your five real quick. If you've got them, we're off the top of your head going. And just, just so we can have it out and in, in, in vocalized here on the college loop. If you, if you need a second, that's completely fine. I know Dylan's going to talk to you a little bit about the stud that's going to be Connor Lou. Uh, but but the the five that are clicking to you and and I, I we're, we're going to agree. I just wanted to put it out there in the sphere and give give you an opportunity to get quoted on the on the on the graphic there. Yeah yeah yeah. I got to get all, everybody pulled up. Well, like I said, Connor Lou, uh, he's a guy that um, for for Auburn coming in, you just know he he's going to be he's going to be that dude, right? And you have you have some really big bodies up front as well uh, for Auburn and. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. That's on I mean, me. I'm all good at riffing if we need to. I, I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. The line yeah, every I'm single fine. day of my life, really, because you bring in players like uh, Gunnar Britton, Avery Jones, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Deion Miller coming in from uh, community college in the recruiting uh, class. You got Jeremiah Wright returning. Cameron Stutz has been uh, showing out this this uh, offseason. Connor mm-hmm. Luke has been my favorite recruit coming in. Uh, Guys, who's starting at center? It, it, between, it'd be between Connor Luke and Avery Jones, but I'm not opposed to Connor Luke because Avery Jones played guard at both – uh, East Carolina and North Carolina when he was there, and Tay Johnson's been getting reps there too. So um, I don't, I don't know if that's going to be the the go to. I don't think so. I just don't know if he's got the size to compete at that. But he's impressed so far uh, from what I've seen. So I mean, with with him, I just don't know. I don't. I, I think the I think you got to look at size more than anything when when it comes to the guards versus the tackles and then the center and your center has got to be just so you got to be good at everything. Right. And you're the, you're literally the focal point uh, of the offensive line. And so that's what I've seen, but it's, it it seems pretty solid, but again, it's going to be more of who in particular is going to go where on the offensive line. My my only concern with Connor Lou, it's very hard to play center as a freshman. And, and Mm -hmm. I say that just because you've not been through the weight regimen yet. And, uh, and and you've not really you've you've got that abbreviated window of, of bulk between whether that be mass or just your eating re- regimen that they're going to put you on just to make you one of those hulking super teens as as Lindsey Crosby and Zach Blackaby like to call them. But yes, I'm I'm curious to see to see how that all shakes out. Do we get answers this weekend? Do we get some clarity on it on Saturday, Cohen's? I would think so. But again, the important thing to remember about A-Day, guys, is it's the spring game. And some guys are not going to play a whole lot. Some guys will. Um, Everybody, you know, they're going to be doing their own thing. And one thing that Hugh Freeze mentioned early on was that uh, his spring game, and this one in particular, may look a little different than what you've seen in the past or what a traditional spring game would look like. And it may just be more of, 
we're going to split up and uh, the defense has 24 points. The offense starts with zero and you've got a full four quarters or whatever it is to stop them or something along those lines. So I think it's going to look a little bit different, uh, which is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But uh, with spring games, you want to watch, you want to see what happens. You want to see who looks good, who stands out, who plays, who doesn't, where people play, uh, which different spots they're in. But you can take that with a grain of salt because it it is important. Don't get me wrong. It's absolutely important, but it's not everything, right? So I think that's really important. But I think you're going to see uh, some answers. And, and again, I think when you look at the offensive line in particular, I look at uh, Gunnar Britton, uh, the senior, again, Tate Johnson, who has been seeing a lot of action there. We saw him get action late last season. I look at guys like Cam Stutz. I think he is somebody, your senior leadership, that's going to see some really, really uh, big time there. Avery Jones as well. Uh, just some guys that have experience and size on that offensive line. Something, guys, we have not been able to say in a really long time for, okay. for Auburn football. So. <laughs> I mean, I've gone on record saying this is going to be the best offensive line Auburn fans have seen since 2017 and gone even further beyond to say Gunnar Britton's going to be the best left tackle we've seen since Greg Robinson, who, of course, went wow. second overall okay. in the 2014 NFL draft to the Rams. Okay. Hopefully uh, the career doesn't uh, follow the same pattern that that one went, but <laughs> Gunnar Britton is going to be a great all-time offensive line for the Auburn Tigers. But to flip the sides – to switch, uh, you know, from going to protect the quarterback to score to getting to the quarterback to prevent scoring. How has the outlook of the defensive line been through the spring thus far? Well, the most exciting thing that I've heard about the defensive line is in the scrimmage, uh, what was that, about a week and a half or so ago on that Friday afternoon, the defensive line had three sacks from three different players. And that in itself is a really, really big factor, in my opinion, because same way with the offensive line where they couldn't keep the quarterback protected. Last year, what was the complaint with the defensive line? They couldn't get to the quarterback. They couldn't put on any pressure. And so the fact that in a scrimmage, Auburn's defensive line had three sacks from three different players tells me that you're getting it from different sides. You're getting it from different angles. And you're also using different techniques and different skill sets and also different looks to get pressure on the quarterback. And I don't think that's any hate against the offensive line. I think this is love for the defensive line. And if they're able to get pressure and get to the quarterback, guys, that's what happened last year was they just couldn't get any pressure. And quarterbacks sat in the pocket and tore them apart. And Auburn's secondary is probably the most solid group that we know of right now on the defense. I mean, it's it, it's full of studs, right? We've heard great things about the secondary for Auburn, but – it doesn't matter how good you are if the quarterback has 10 or 15 seconds in the pocket to make a play, and especially in the SEC, there's too many good quarterbacks that if you give them that much time, they're going to make a play. So that's what I know so far is that the defensive line, they've got some size, they've got some skill. The guys behind them at linebacker, that's the big question on defense, but the fact that the big boys up front are getting pressure early in spring practice, I'm excited about it. Yeah, the linebacker conversations, I'll just call it gross. I'm so glad yeah. that that's that's going to be a whole show this week is, is going to be having to talk about what does a successful day look for look look like for the linebackers on Saturday. But let, let me let me ask you real quick, and, and I know we keep it in 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 the perspective that it is a spring scrimmage. Ultimately, folks, they are letting you in Jordan Hare for an eagle flight in a practice. I get this. I understand. That being said, Goins. What does a successful Saturday look for this look like for this defensive line? Quarterbacks are protected. We know that it's 
it's it's a different different set there. But what is what does this look like for you to walk for? What would they need to do for you to walk away and say, you know what, they had a very good showing in front of a crowd today. For the defensive line or just the team in general? Defensive line. We're, we'll we'll get more. We'll we'll get there. Okay. In a second. Yeah, um, I think for the defensive line again to to get pressure, uh, show me some different looks. Whether it's a, a three man front or if you stack in the box with five, six, seven guys, whatever it may be, um, and showing different looks and showing pressures from different angles. I think that's so important on the defensive side of the ball is unpredictability where you can show blitz from one guy and bring pressure from another or your defensive line can line up in different spots and do different formations and different run patterns to get to the quarterback and stop the run that's one thing that they uh i've heard that they've been okay at uh is stopping the run and we know auburn's got some really really good running backs guys and if they can stop the running backs right and and just slow them down a little bit and then put more pressure on the quarterback that's a success for me um for that defensive line and again just showing different different plays showing different sets of how you're going to get pressure on the quarterback get a little bit of a push and and see where this thing goes but i think the defensive line is really really solid i i don't disagree whatsoever don't did i cut you off i'm sorry Dill. oh no you're good i was disagreeing with what he was going to say but uh, we're looking at looking across the defensive line so the edge rusher position is going to be battling out between elijah mcallister and you got uh keldrick fox coming in and, of course, Dylan Brooks stayed with the team at least until the spring unless Keldrick Falk just absolutely obliterates him. So from the address position, we're, we are long past the days now of Derek Paul and Aku Leota and well again past the days of, uh, <laughs> of the great edge rushers that Auburn has had in the past. So what do you think, out of those three, who do you think is going to be the day one starter and why is it going to be Keldrick Falk later on in the season? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I love Keldrick Falk, guys. He is he's a stud. He is. And he is athletic. He is skilled. He's smart. Uh, he just knows how to play that position. And he knows the game of football on the defensive side so well. I think it's Keldrick Falk. Um, I would like for him to be the day one starter. I would. I'd like for him to be the day one starter. Um, I think he's good enough to do it. I really do. I Ooh. think he's good enough to to be that guy. Will he be it? I don't know yet, but I would love to see it because I truly think he has that skill and has that capability to be that dude on the defensive side of the football. I Listen, I've always long said Goins knows ball. I've, I'm not dis- disagreeing here. I do think Elijah McAllister will be getting first-team reps at least on Saturday this week. Um, I don't, I don't, won't be surprised if they, they rotate kind of in and out. I think Elijah McAllister will open it up this year. I do think Keldrick Falk will win the, win the job. But I don't know why you would bring in a transfer with SEC experience and and then not play them. But I've seen way wackier stuff before. Um, I mean, hell, I lived through the Malzahn and Harson era, so I've seen way crazier things in my life. I, I will yeah. say, oh, yeah. Oh, well, well, Keldrick Falk, if he wins the job and Elijah McAllister being on roster for another season, I think this does end the Dylan Brooks era. Oh at, yeah, for what it wasn't at the time. Uh, I, I feel like he'll be back and he'll be in the portal very soon. But, uh, but to look at the other the other three positions are even more of a question mark as well because you brought in a lot of talent. You got Justin Rogers, Jason Jones returns, Marcus Harris is back. But Zakevis Walker, you got him back. You got Jeffrey Emba. Th- this defensive line in general is just 
stacked and how in the world do you put this on a on a depth chart you can't have all uh, 20 of them on the field at the same time so how how does that look depth wise well i mean it's important right we know we know what it takes to play sec football in general and then on the defensive side and to kind of loop back to a day in general what would look like a successful spring practice and spring game for auburn is to stay healthy and that's where depth comes in in the sec whether it's the defensive line or where we saw a big struggle last year for auburn was the linebackers room staying healthy because if kj Britt went down it was oh crap who's going to play linebacker and so that's important to have on the defensive line for auburn is you do have that depth you have guys who are who have sec experience who have college football experience that they may not start but they're going to get significant playing time and depth is so big in the sec and that's what the defensive line has i think that's what you see on the running back room i think it's what you see in the secondary and those things are extremely important and that's what it's going to take for this to be a successful spring game on saturday is help everybody's got to stay healthy you know fingers crossed prayers up and everything goes well uh but that's what i think of when i look at the defensive line is you have skill you have size and like you said Dylan, you've got depth which that'll carry you into november for college football uh when when guys just start getting hurt in the in the just the brutal play of sec schedule and sec football really kicks in i'm sorry if it looks like i'm laughing it's because i just i, I, I was going through all the positions that you were saying that auburn has so much depth that uh, defensive line running back and I'm like when's he gonna say quarterback oh he's probably not <laughs> and, no uh, yeah and, and I, really, I left that one out yeah. <laughs> it really got well, there are gonna be bodies there there, there are gonna be people yeah yeah that, yeah. that, that <laughs> are listed as quarterbacks on this roster and and i'm gonna catch some flack for that the hell i don't really care um that's kind of what we do right it's kind of my shtick the whole fan base agrees with you uh, th- that being said that kind of got my gears turning i told you goings i wasn't going to hang out to dry and everyone on the show this week is going to talk about the quarterbacks who has the most to lose who has the most to gain this week and why is it robbie ashford then holding jared in that order <laughs> who has the most to gain and the most to lose this week in the quarterback room i would say the most to gain Oh, that's a tough that's a tough question because when you look at when you look at the three guys right now, right? TJ Finley is TJ Finley. He is what he is. And I, yep. I'm pretty sure I've said that on this program before. I've definitely said it on my show before. <laughs> TJ Finley is TJ Finley. You know what you're gonna get with him. I know he looks good in practice. I know he looks good in scrimmages or whatever. But when he steps on the field for live game action, it's just not there. And so I don't think he's a part of this. Um, I really don't think he's on this roster after spring come summer. I think he's in the portal. I don't think he's on Auburn's roster. Um, I don't think he's a part of this. So when you break it down to the guys that are on campus right now, Robbie Ashford and Holden Gurner, I think the most to gain from a good week of practice and the spring game on Saturday, the most to gain is Holden Gurner, in my opinion, because he's the young guy, right? He's young, just like Robbie is, but We've heard great things about Holden in spring. We've heard really, really good especially things about pro him. Yeah, especially the pro day where he was hand chosen to throw for John Samuel Shanker and threw basically throw for throw with Cam Newton, who is an Auburn legend, obviously, and played in the NFL. And so and, and I think MVP. Holden and NFL MVP should have been Super Bowl champ, but Holden <laughs> Werner, I think 
it's most people would say Robbie, but I'm going to go with Holden because I think he is good enough to take the starting job and be the starter. If nobody else comes into this team, nobody comes in through the portal, which I mean, maybe right. But as of right now, I just don't know if Robbie Ashford is there yet because he's still struggling with accuracy issues, guys. He's still struggling to hit his receivers and throw the football. And I know he's athletic. I know he can run and I know he can make plays, but the quarterback position hasn't changed. You've still got to be able to throw the football. And the fact <laughs> right. that Robbie Ashford is still struggling with that is an issue for me. And so he has a lot of room to grow. And a lot of people would say that Robbie Ashford's ceiling might be higher than Holden Gurner's. But I think when you look at it right now, if Holden's still playing like he is and how he has been in spring and has a good A day, um, he could be the leader in the clubhouse going into coming out of spring practice as we approach summer. So most of the game is holding Gurner for me because I think he's good enough to be the starter right now. You see, this is why uh, this is why we bring Jacob Goins on the show. He knows ball. Uh, it sounds like Jacob's ready to start my campaign of holding Gurner uh, propaganda um, with me. Uh, I am. Yeah. I'm firmly enough. I think I've, I may have said it to you before. If if Robbie Ashford could figure out how to consistently be a, a strong thrower of the football and an accurate thrower of the football, this guy's ceiling is Nick Marshall. I'm not, I don't, I really absolutely, don't, I don't think that's a crazy assumption. Uh, I guess a comparison. Unfortunately, if he can't, it's like a 60% better John Franklin, the third, um, which like yeah, wow. Very you went, you, you reached back for that one a little bit, John Franklin the third. Okay, I, I did, I did, especially since okay. I, we had some gra- stupid graphic come out the other day about your birth month needing a last two minute drill, whatever to win, save your life or something. And that social media guy, was, Dil- was Dylan, had crazy. me listed at John Franklin the third. Hey, hey, the social we're going to run the we're going to run the read option the entire way down the field. Anyways, uh, that being said, I've just not heard enough or and seen enough. Now, granted, we media gets forty minutes. We get 40 minutes when we get to go watch practice. So I, I take it all with a grain of salt, but I've just not heard enough about the, I guess, about the progression of of, of Robbie Ashford. So we would therefore assume the lack thereof progression uh, to, to believe that he is not in jeopardy of losing, losing, I use in air quotes because I don't know the job's his, but losing that starting job. And I'll tell you right now, Goins, you, you, I'll be interested to get your thoughts, man. And all eyes at uh, Jordan-Hare Stadium, however many are there on Saturday. And I think it's going to be a pretty packed house if the weather's nice because I think people are excited. They're all they're going to be on the quarterback position. And p- people people will con- be concerned about other things and and want to know how how McPherson kicks the ball. They'll be interested in that. They'll be they'll be interested in, in, in seeing some of these new guys in new places. They want to see Nick Mardner. We heard a lot about him. Rivaldo Fairweather. Yeah, they don't give a shit in comparison. In comparison. They want to know who's going to be playing quarterback for their favorite football team. How important is it for both of those guys that they go out and play solid? Because people turn against them. Yeah, I mean, it's important. You want to show out and you want to show up for your coaches, for the fans. It's it's your one opportunity in the spring to really show up and show out. And, you know, I think I think both guys will play well. I think all three will play well. That includes TJ Finley. It is a practice. I think they're all going to – yeah. It is a, it is a practice, and it doesn't technically count for anything. So he will probably look pretty good, and you're going to have people that are going to say, wow, maybe T.J. Finley is the answer. And I'm going to tell you no, that he's not, because we know what T.J. Finley is. So don't buy into it, because you're just going to get burned. But I think it's important for Robbie and Holden to have good days. I think they will. Um, but, again, it's A-Day. 
And it's a spring practice. And again, I want to stress that Hugh Freeze mentioned, and I'm interested to see if he says this this week at press conferences and media and stuff like that, if he's truly planning on this being a different looking spring game and how that affects each player's performance. But yeah, I mean, that's what fans care about. They care about the quarterback battle, right? That's that's what gets the most calls on our show every single day. If we talk about the quarterback battle, they're all about it. And it's an interesting topic. And so I think it's important for Robbie and Holden to go out and play well. I think they both will. And this may be an undecided quarterback race as we get out of the spring. But again, do not do not think that Hugh Freeze and this staff are not going to go look in the transfer portal because in my opinion, and I still believe this, there's a good chance the starter for Auburn in the fall is not even on campus yet. I can't tell you how many times we have said that exact phrase right here on the college loop. Yeah, for once we can't uh, say we stole that quote from you. We've been saying it before you got, you got on today's show. <laughs> But it, yeah, we, we've been saying that, it quite a bit. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned TJ Finley could have a good spring game. Uh, he didn't last last year. Uh, so Robbie does that mean that if TJ has a good spring game, that there's progression? I'm starting yeah. to propagate. It means there is progression. That's the bare minimum. He did good in the spring game, and he is now the starter. Yeah, congratulations. But oh. he was the star of last year's. We we saw that uh, he threw the best deep ball out of. Uh, whoever was the other quarterback playing after TJ Finley uh, was it Holden Jaron or two and someone else? There was like it would, it would have been uh, Finley, Garner, Ashford, and like was D Davis there yet? Or Grant Lloyd, maybe. Yeah, uh, Grant Lloyd had not been there, <laughs> but I mean TJ Finley did not do well in that game. Robbie Ashford popped off, uh, and, and maybe this is because you know you can't get tackled in that game. Uh, big thing with the quarterback battle is. Holden Jariner, and it, I, I, I think he has a lot of potential. But the scheme that Hugh Freeze is running and the scheme that he has had the most success with running, and especially with Philip Montgomery running the offense now, it's made for dual threats. Uh, we've seen it with Robert Griffin III, one of Heisman under Philip Montgomery. Malik Willis got drafted uh, under Hugh Freeze, the, the both dual threat guys. And Chad Kelly had a lot of success being a dual threat uh, Bo Wallace had a little bit of success, uh, but he threw a lot of picks. Uh, that's because he was a pocket guy and uh, he couldn't really run out of the pocket. Uh, I, that's why I think Robbie Ashford gets a slight edge for me, at least, uh, because I don't think Holden Jariner is ad that advanced as a runner to really get the job done. And it kind of terrifies me because if you don't get a transfer guy, you have a guy who can run and you have a guy who can pass and you can't put them both in because the. Well, you can the ancient if you, old if you run that, the option the ancient old saying is if you have two quarterbacks you have no quarterbacks, no quarterbacks. so you have to go which in, is fair which, yeah which is fair. fair it's true but but when i look at these two quarterbacks and you're comparing robbie ashford's running ability to holden garner's throwing ability for what we know right now i'm gonna take the quarterback that can throw guys because again it's the quarterback position and i want the quarterback who can step up and throw the football i know robbie can make plays with his legs. And for a lot of the time last year, that's all he had because he didn't have any time to do anything. Uh, but when it comes down to it, I would rather have the guy that can throw the ball, can make plays with his arm, and then if he absolutely has to, every now and then make a play with his legs. Holden Gurner can make plays with his legs. That's not his go-to thing. That's not his skill set. That's not his number one thing. He's He can move better than TJ Finley can, so that's a plus. Right, that's TJ Finley's not bare minimum. You're comparing that to, by the way. 
<laughs> yeah, it, yes. TJ Finley is not going anywhere, guys. When he when he steps in the pocket, it's a tree. He ain't going anywhere. Um, <laughs> but Holden Gurner can he can make plays if he has to, but that's not his that's not his instinct. His instinct is I gotta throw this football, I gotta find an open guy and make a play. Robbie Ashford is okay, pocket's collapsing, I'm gonna take off, which is fine. But I would rather have the guy that can throw the football consistently and has to make a play with his legs if that is what he has to do rather than Robbie Ashford, who you can't trust to make a complete pass when you absolutely need it and it's going to scramble more times than not. To bolster, before before we wrap this thing up and, and, and get out of here, go, Goins, to bolster what I'm coining as the Tar goins uh, Gurner propaganda campaign. I'll, I'll go ahead and, and throw this out there. The last time Auburn had a quarterback that was pass first, make, 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 Running plays, if if only if need be, behind a solid offensive line was Jarrett Siddham in 2017. It was kind of special. That being said, just just throwing, like I said, I, yeah, Goins is he he's seeing the vision. He's so seeing the vision. We're gonna start comparing dual threat quarterbacks to Cam Newton, and Nick Marshall, and pass first quarterbacks <laughs> to Jarrett Siddham. And yeah, I, if, <laughs> hey, you're you're forgetting the part where I'm, I I I use the words JF three on this show. Oh, that's that happened. You, you were coming at me. Yeah, that that happened today goins thank you so much for joining us today man i really appreciate you taking your time out of your day on a sunday too folks so make sure you when he plugs his content for you and where to find him you better go support him because i i disturbed him on his day of rest because he's a g and we appreciate the hell out of him you're welcome on the show anytime brother and it's always good to talk ball, ball with you tell everybody where they can love you find you support you Guys, I appreciate it. As always, it's always fun to get on here and talk ball. It's crazy that we're already at the spring game, right? Isn't that crazy? We're already in the month of April. Uh, baseball is, is – college baseball is in full swing, no pun intended. Base, major league is is just getting started, and uh, high school is coming down the stretch as well. And so, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. You can follow me on Twitter, at GoInstituteJacob. That's G-O-I-N-S, the number two, J-A-C-O-B. Uh, also follow our radio station, ESPN 106.7, on Twitter and Facebook. And then tune into my show on the line from 2 to 4 every single day, uh, Monday through Friday, on ESPN 106.7 here in Auburn, Opelika, or ESPNAU.com. Uh, you can find it there as well. Me and Carter uh, talk all things Auburn. We'll be talking a lot of A-Day coming up this week, uh, wrapping up the Final Four National Championship, all that good stuff, and really just hammering football as A-Day approaches on Saturday. Heard that. I'm Harrison Tarr at by Harrison Tarr on Twitter. If you want to check out any of my written work, that is at the Auburn Daily. No gimmicks there. It's quite easy to find. You can find it in my Twitter bio as well. If you want to listen to more of my podcasting work, that is on the Auburn Daily Show every Wednesday and Friday. Wednesday with Dylan Lark. Lin Friday with the legendary Lindsey Crosby. Also on the College Loop every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday with Dylan. Sometimes Daniel. Sometimes Goins. Who knows who's going to pop. Pop up and walk through that door next. If you're watching the, the YouTube version, make sure you like, subscribe, ring the bell, and let us know in the comments who you think is going to win the quarterback battle, who do you think is going to stand out the most on either side of the trenches, and why is it that Jacob Goins is your favorite guest that has been reoccurring right here on The College Loop. D Dylan, I'll let you go ahead and get us out of here. Go ahead and point out, uh, it's not sometimes Dylan Lark on this show. It's always Dylan Lark on this show because I have yet <laughs> to miss an episode. I've put up two episodes by myself. Do it himself, so Dylan. Follow me, Dylan Lark, at your boy the tank on Twitter. It should be right below me if you're watching this. If you're listening, it's at Y-A-B-O-I, the tank. Also catch me on the Auburn Daily Show every Monday with Lance Stahl and Wednesdays with the red-nosed dude over here. And catch me on the College Loop as well every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. And follow us on social media, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube Shorts as well. We're on there too. And podcasts are Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, 
and Google Podcasts. There we go. There and go. <laughs> sorry, not a MySpace at all of that. Uh, that's uh, yet to have been obtained. But with that, this has been 8A Madness, day one with the College Loop. <laughs>